This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Jet. Jet, how are you? I'm well, Dr. John. I'm sorry you're a little under the weather today. Uh, no, I'm way under the weather. I am sick <laughs> as a weather. dog. Sick. Uh, I'm terribly sorry to hear that. You've had a tough winter. Yeah, I know. It's not easy, and it's been a really tough week. I mean, I had a tough January, a tough December. It's been... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But again, it's, it's like, you know, it's like when I can't get some sleep and, you know, uh, it just... It, it destroys me. Destroys me. Well, you need more Irish Menke in your life. That'll help you. No, that'll, that'll, well, you know, listen, I mean, again, it's like, uh, yeah, but to hear about uh, Notre Dame's sixth recruiting class or whatever like that, it's like uh, that doesn't help me sleep. It helps me be uneasy. Well, it's like Radio NyQuil. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Good point. I don't know what else to tell you. But, but because you're under the weather, I promise I'm not going to ask you about any Russell Wilson trades. Thanks. I promise I'm not going to ask you to make any predictions for this weekend. No, oh, good, good for you, Jet. I thank you for that. I mean, could you? I, I, mean, like, you can, can, like, I mean, you know, it's so. So JB started with it, and it's like I'm not making yeah, any no. predictions. And then, of course, everybody else has to chime in, saying, "Hey, so who do you think is going to win?" I'm not making any predictions. Yeah. No, how do you make uh, How do you make predictions with what we saw last week? You can't. I was going to say. With, just sit back and enjoy it, right? You know, unless you got some sort of vested interest in it, or you're trying to make some money or something. Mm-hmm. Just sit back and enjoy it. I mean, last week it was like you know the, the golden age of football. My right. God, I mean, it was. How, how many times do you get four winners in one weekend? Uh huh. Yeah. You know, I mean, generally there's going to be a stinker or two in the bunch just because it's the nature of the game. But I mean, it was just one after another after <laughs> another. And the nice thing was they were all kind of different in how right. they all played themselves out, which I thought was, was kind of fascinating. You know, you had the NBA run and gun with the Bills and the, and the, and the Chiefs. Then you had just the polar opposite in the Cincinnati-Tennessee game. Uh-huh. And, uh, boy, talk about, I mean, you got to give Joe Burrow some props, no matter how far they go. But yeah. uh, that guy was sacked like 2,521 times last week. Uh-huh. And he still had the intestinal fortitude to stay in the pocket and keep delivering and delivering, despite the fact he was in the middle of a firing squad. Well, just like even last year. I mean, he was hit more than any other quarterback uh, early in the season. And then, of course, he got hit and finally blew out his ACL. And it's like, like, you know, how much more can he take? Well, think about this, though, John. And I don't know if it's a statistic, but how many times does a team win Mm-hmm. When your quarterback is sacked nine times, not often, no. Uh, not often, if not ever. No, there's, uh, there, uh, there's uh, nine sacks. You're not doing well. Yeah, no, I think there's like, uh, if you looked at the stats, and I didn't look at them closely, but uh, there was like two or three examples through the years where a quarterback got sacked nine times or eight times, and they were still able to win. But it is so rare because, again, I mean, the quarterback just gets destroyed. And think of the yardage that you lose. Yeah, well, yeah. and it's obvious, it's a clear indication that your offensive line isn't playing well. Right. So you're, you're, they're getting dominated, you know, so how do you move the ball in that sort of situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, well, quite frankly, too, Tennessee imploded. 
Yeah. I mean, you can't have your you, you got a quarterback throwing three interceptions. Uh-huh. You know, you're not going to. It's, it's tough to win a game. And then when you're, you know, you know, not kicking a field goal on fourth and one in a game that tight yeah. is just insane. And I'm so fed up with the analytics. Yeah, I you am know, too. It's, it's like it's, I'm it's, sick. It's, I'm sick of all these coaches that keep going for fourth downs. You know, there's like and two point conversions and things like that. I mean, you know, it's like give me a break. Stop. Well, the funny thing, the the analytics may be saying something, right? Yeah. yeah. But the bottom line is, once it becomes the norm, the teams are other teams are going to adapt to it, and the analytics are going to are going to shrink mm-hmm. because other teams are going to get better at defending against it. Right. They're going to be ready for it. You know. So the bottom line is, the percentages are going to go down because the element of surprise is no longer there. Uh huh. Well, I mean, so, like, you know, I'll give you an example. It's like, uh, say what you want about John Harbaugh, who's going to get a nice big contract extension this week, is that uh, John Harbaugh sure. cost himself uh, the chance to be in the playoffs by going f- at the end of the game for two-point conversions when he didn't have to do it. He could have just taken yep. kicks yep. and yep. take the game into overtime. But no, yep. analytics say we've got to you know, go for the two points. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I mean, the old adage, you don't take points off the board. Right. You know, it, it's like it's, it's never more true when you think about, you know, the, the, the classic example. Uh-huh. Vrabel's another one. He's blown a couple of games because he didn't go for it, didn't kick the field goal. Right. In tight games. You know, you don't take the points off the board, especially in tight games. Now, I understand if you're down by three touchdowns, okay, you got to start, you know, taking mm-hmm, chances. Mm-hmm. But, but if it's a tight game, you know, you, I, 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 I'm so sick of it. We just mock it every time we see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then and, uh, and then I just I just root against it at this point because it's just. And the interesting thing is Belichick, who was one of the first proponents. I remember that big one. Well, it didn't work, but against the Colts mm-hmm. in the playoffs, he went for, as fourth and one didn't make it. He was a big proponent of it when he was younger. He's pulled back the reins on right, that. Right. Right. He's nowhere near as, uh, as as he's way more conservative than he ever was. Mm-hmm. But I just want to digress for a second to, uh, to give a big shout out to that football powerhouse, the University of Rochester Yellow Jackets, and give a shout out to my man Brian Dable picking yeah. up that New York Giants job. Yeah, yeah, they're kind yeah, of interesting because a lot of people thought as the week was going on that he was going to go to Miami and reunite with Tua, you know, because he coached yeah. Tua yeah. when he was at yeah. Alabama, but. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, his the assistant general manager of the Bills ends up getting the GM job. And uh, I don't know if he ended up paying him more than the Dolphins. But, I mean, you tell me what's going on with the Dolphins. Because, again, they have one of the most botched uh, coaching searches. Not not as bad as Houston. But it's like, uh, you know, their, their, their coaching search has been horrible. Well, I love it, John. I'm not going to complain about no, it. No, I, I could imagine. But, John... Uh, <laughs> I'm certainly glad to see Dable and uh, the yeah. GM out of the uh, AFC East. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting what impact it has on Josh Allen, right? If any. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just I'm glad Dable got the job. I mean, talk about a guy that's uh, that's been a grinder uh-huh. and has literally made it up from from you know from nowhere just by uh, putting the work and the effort in and, and risen on talent. I'm I'm very happy and proud for him. Um, He's kind of like the man genie with social graces and social skills. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, 
that's uh, you know the Giants is not an easy gig. No, it's going to be a but, tough one. Um, and, I, and that's like, and that's what scares me is that they say they're going to give the GM the power to do whatever he needs to do. Yet the mayors come out and say, "Oh yeah, we're building the team around Daniel Jones." What? Yeah, yeah. Come I, on. I, I love that one. Be be I love serious. That one. Replace them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the mayors are not going to. You know, sit back and uh, and and not do anything here, yeah. especially because uh, the fan base is, is pretty much up in arms at this point, mm-hmm. and deservedly so because they've had some. Yeah, you know, they well, they basically had about eight eight years now of pretty shoddy management. Right. Well, six. I mean, I mean, um, with six years were in each of the uh, after two years they fired the head coach. And and that, as you well know, that that's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. You just can't keep doing that. And uh, although I will say, I don't know what's available or whatever, but you know, practically speaking, I don't know how they move away from Daniel Jones in that. Who do you replace him with? Yeah, good point. Uh, I don't know what they'd be able to come up with. I and mean, this is not a good year to be trying to replace a quarterback. No, agreed. And I'm not even going to mention Russell Wilson in this conversation. Thank you. Appreciate but, that. Uh, yeah, but. <laughs> I mean, because again, it's like I mean, you, you, it's like all the idiots around the country, and then some of the idiots locally that keep on bringing up, oh, let's trade Russell Wilson and get some value. Yeah, you're going to suck for four or five years. Yeah, it's just insulting, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, uh, I'm just happy for for Dable and glad he's out of the AFC. And uh, um, but boy, I, I really, you know, as much as I hate to say it. I do feel sorry for for those Bills fans. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you know, like Jet fans, they're 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 diehard, and uh, you know they love their team. And I know an awful lot of Bill fans. Um, well, and the Bills Mafia just had to be just destroyed. I mean, you know, you lose a game like that, thirteen seconds left in the game, and you're kicking off, and it's like you you're can't hold a team. Well, you're not kicking off. You're you're you're, you're kicking into the end zone. Right. I mean, I was saying that, you know, right before they did it, it's like, why are you, you, you don't really want to squib it. You want to kick it to about the five-yard line, make mm-hmm. them return it. Right. You're not going to sit on it at the five-yard line. Right. And uh, you're going to eat at least four seconds, five seconds, mm-hmm. if not more. So uh, let them run around a little bit. Right. But Agreed. anytime you can chip off the clock, it made no sense. And the thing I, I would be really incensed about, if I was Bill fans, beside the stupidity of that call, and I'm not even going to talk about Leslie Frazier's choice of defenses yeah, yeah, yeah. at that point in time, because I think that was just abysmal. Um, but uh, the, the, the coaching staff has never really come out and given an explanation, except for some you know lame coach speak, as to why they decided to kick it into the end zone, mm-hmm. as opposed to making the, the smart play. They, they just they pretty much ducked the question. Right. And, um, it, 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 you know, I don't I, okay, you made a mistake. Admit you made the freaking mistake, mm-hmm. and, and I'll respect that. Okay, but 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 don't don't dodge it. You know, it, 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 man up. Right, right. I agree. No. I mean, again, I like I mean, you like on John Harbaugh talking about you know the two plays uh, at the end of the game that uh, he goes for the two points and lose the games. Oh, I do that every time. I was like, I, I, I was like, I, I don't look at that as a bad decision. You lost the game. You lost the game. Yeah, well, uh, it was a bad decision. Yeah. But at least he was honest, saying that you do it every time because he does. Yeah, I know. Crazy, you know, stupid. But, uh, you know, you keep, you keep hitting your you know thumb with a hammer mm-hmm. and saying, "Oh, it'll eventually feel good." You know, it's like it's just it's it's nonsensical. But um, 
you know, coaches are, uh, you know, an obstinate lot and, uh, we're seeing it, but I really love to watch. I, I, I just love watching the analytics just going down the oh, train. Yeah, and yeah. I'm so tired of it. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You know, I mean, yeah. Baseball is even worse, but because more statistically driven, mm-hmm. and I hate to shift. But that's a whole other story for yeah, another yeah. day. And I did want to get to the Hall of Fame here, but we kind of the Baseball Hall of Fame draft or yeah. pick selection. Yeah, what's your thoughts were on that? Real quick, I, I don't here, like. It. I know you vote. Yeah, it's like I vote for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and we're not supposed yeah. to take in any of the off-field stuff that goes on. And you know, here's baseball, and again, mo- most of the guys that you know, voted out, the Barry Bonds and the guys on steroids, when it wasn't even technically illegal to use steroids back then, uh, you know, they, they all have vendettas, it seems like, against these players. And that, I was like, you want the best players in the game to be in the Hall of Fame. The pro football writers, we get the best players in the game that we think into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Baseball doesn't. Bad. Yeah, it's frustrating, and you know, I mean, you also vendetta. I think is a good yeah, good yeah. word because I don't think I don't think Clemens or Bonds were ever really user friendly no. to the media while they were in in their prime, and of course, <laughs> yeah. it was Kurt Schilling. No, but yeah. I mean, you know, there was really no better postseason pitcher than Kurt Schilling. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a travesty too. Um, and then and then conversely, you got Big Poppy making it yeah. in the first round. And he's the only one of the first ballot actually failed the test. Yeah. You know, and but but he was, you know, user friendly and every all the media loved him. He was Amazing. media darling. He's from Boston. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, he led the resurgence in Boston after, you know, eighty years of dormancy. And uh and he gets in first ballot. I mean that that that's ridiculous. I agreed. Hey, thank you for the phone call. All right, take care, John. Rest up and uh uh well hope you'll be back next week. Yeah. Okay. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Bob in Bothell. Hey, Bob. Hey, um, John. Yeah, I live in Bellevue now. <laughs> oh, okay. Actually, yeah, but it's all good. Anyways, I was reading your article on the 24th about yeah. Seattle possibly bouncing back in the, the playoffs, and I agree with that totally. Now that Peyton has left from the New Orleans, uh-huh. and Brady, it sounds like, is probably going to retire from what I, you know, Rumorville. Right. But, you know, and the last year of North Carolina, or what was that, Matt Ruley? Matt Rule, yeah. He's, yeah. You know, he may be gone. So that is that leaves a big hole for the Seahawks to fill and my question was this and I asked the producer maybe he could format it better for me and he said the way I said it would be good Tom Brady seems to be Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers seem to be the master of reading defenses right and just it's and I wonder what is it with Russell Wilson that he can't do the same. He can do One, the same. He's got more talent personally. No, I think he's, he's more talented he, he, with his run ability. Well, why, do, why do you say he can't? He's done it for years. Well, okay, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that it seems like the NFC, if you're going to win the NFC division championship, you're going through Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay. It yeah. wasn't Seattle. All right? And it seems because 
every time Aaron Rodgers is in command, he's just destroying defenses. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that with the Seahawks offense. And I'm you're, not you're, saying you're, then, then, Russell Wilson. Then I'm you're, just you're, be, you're Bob, you're being blind. You're getting spoiled okay. by last year. I mean, it's like, did he not win 12 games two years ago? Did okay, he not win yeah, 12 games? Did he win the division? Won 12. Huh? He won 12 games, yes. Yeah, did he, he, did he win the division? The yeah, I'm, okay, so he lost okay, the game. Okay, let me turn it on you then. If you're going to go that way, Mr. Clayton. Did he not lose to Dallas to a Dallas team with a broken-up team? Did he not? Did he not lose to a busted-up Rams team whose finger was practically broken and he still beat us? Uh, if you want to go that way, that's where the fans of the true Seahawks fan. Now, Clayton, Bob, I got a fan for the Come on, Bob. All right, be serious. So I mean, he was. You a, be serious, sir, because look, all I was trying Bob, to say. Bob, if we're if we're gonna Seahawks, if we're gonna if we're gonna argue like this. This call is not continuing much longer. Wow, man. Yeah, whatever. You know, whatever. Bye. Yeah, I mean, again, it's like, uh, uh, you know, he's he's the third or fourth best quarterback in the league when he's healthy. He wasn't healthy last year. He lost to the Rams. He beat the Rams in week uh, in the next to last week of the season uh, that year. What more do you want? Uh, let's go to George and Everett. George, what the heck was wrong with Bob? That's a good question, John. I really enjoy your show, man. Um, hey, John, you should get some lemon uh, kavita. It's a uh, kombucha, lemon ginger, very good for you. I drink it every day. I haven't been sick in 10 years. Mm, okay. Um, sorry, we're getting on back to the, the Rams. Uh, I've been a Rams fan since yeah. Merlin Olsen, Deacon Jones, Lamar Lundy, and Rosie Greer. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not going to make a prediction, but... You know, it's hard to beat a team three times in one season. Agreed. And if you look at this Ram team, the last, uh, what, three games, San Francisco, uh, Arizona, and Tampa Bay, they've come out pretty well, destroyed the other team, except for fumbles against Tampa. I mean, what team has lost four fumbles and still won a playoff game? Mm-hmm. I think not Agreed. been the first time. If Sean McVay just does what he does with Matthew Stafford, doesn't screw around. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, and, and plays his game and doesn't let uh, Shanahan get in his head. I think the Rams will prevail. I know I shouldn't have made a prediction, but that's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's why it's going to be such a great game. Sean McVay's a great coach. Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. They're both great friends. They both co- coach together in Washington. And so it's like, uh, that's why, you know, this matchup is going to be so interesting. And it's so surprising that, uh, you know, the 49ers have won the last six games against Sean McVay and the Rams. That's amazing. Well, yeah, but you look at the last game, John. Yeah. At one point, their odds of winning was 90, 91%. They wouldn't win that game. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it was like everything had to go just right at the end for them to win that game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but my pre- I want no prediction. Here I go again. I mean, you can predict. Um, I'm not going to predict, but you can predict. That's like I have no problem with you predicting. Um, well, first off, Irish Mickey should be very careful about calling them lambs, especially if they bring up uh, their horns uh, tomorrow. Uh, good point. Good point. <laughs> uh, but I yeah, yeah, you want to call, you want to call them the lambs when they have Aaron Donald? <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Yeah, um, I think that um, with uh, um, I think Sonny Michelle should play a little bit more tomorrow because of the two fumbles by um, yeah. the other kid. And um, I'm just saying, if they play their game, 
don't get off course, do what they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, they destroyed Tampa except for those four fumbles. Right. So Agreed. if they can do that to Tom Brady in Tampa, they could damn sure do that to San Francisco mm-hmm. if they play the mm-hmm. game. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, they know each other well. But um, it's like the Rams put their chips all in the middle of the table, and they pretty well hit on OBJ and Von Miller and yeah. and, um, and Matthew Stafford. And uh, regardless of the outcome, they've made their point. They're relevant in Los Angeles again, and I think mm-hmm. they will be for years, don't you? I think so, too. I mean, the only, the only bad part is I wish the fans would uh, support them. Because, uh, you know, they're they're all afraid, which, of course, is happening, is that all the Ram fans are selling the ticket to the 49er fans. Right. That's going to happen. But the Rams just got to take care of business. Yeah. And I think yeah. as the young people get older and they become more relevant, remember, this is, what, year five there now, back after 20 years. And yeah. Years, yeah. I think they will come around. Let's hope. They need to. There's no question about it. Because, again, you want to have home field advantage. You want to have the advantage. And it just seems like, uh, you know, the, the Lakers have the support, even though they don't have a winning record. And uh, the Rams are still struggling to get that report. And there's no doubt that the Chargers get basically no support. No, I, I agree. That would never happen in Dodger Stadium. No, no, I agree. Francisco fans are scared to go to Dodger Stadium. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No doubt. Hey, thank you for the phone call. Thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Nathan in Tukwila. Hey, Nathan. Hey, John. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Hey, um... First off, uh, better health to you and Mrs. Um, it's it's that cold and winter flu season, and yeah, uh, you know uh, we all get through it. But yeah, uh, no, I have no flu. We the best. I I I need don't have no flu. I just need to have my wife start waking me up uh, and preventing me from sleeping. Yeah, my my job does the same thing to me, so I hear you. But uh, let me let let's change gears here for a little bit here yeah. and. Uh, I want to talk to you about something that you know very well, and that's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. Uh, I know that uh, traditionally it's uh, right about like next week or a few days after that that uh, you're going to have your your membership uh, voting. We've, and, we've already uh, voted. Oh, you have. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, so we did. We did it, it on it, the eight. We did it on the eighteenth. Okay, so it won't be a prediction, but I, I won't ask you to reveal. I won't. The, <laughs> I won't. You can ask okay. me as much as you want, but I'm not going to. Okay, fair enough. I know there's going to be a TV special on that next yeah. week or so, so uh, you know I'll wait for that then. Yeah, because we, uh, we, we can't do anything <coughs> uh, as far as what happened in the meeting, what's, you know, what's going to happen or anything else until uh, February 10th. When they have, when they make the presentation and uh, get them all on the stage. Okay. Well, uh, back in the back in the old days, back in the eighties yeah. and the nineties, uh, you used to have a have a meeting in person with yep. you know all your membership, and you would 
It'd be the know, Saturday. It'd be the, on the eve of the. Ballot, it'd be, huh? Yeah, it'd be on the Saturday before the Super Bowl. Right, right, right. So, uh, basically, uh, that just kind of answers what I was wondering: is uh, was that coming up? And uh, uh, since last year, you probably had to do it virtually. Yeah, we did. Uh, and and uh, so it sounds like you probably did this year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seven, seven, and a half, seven and a half hours virtually, yeah. Okay. Can you at least say how many how many men were elected? No. <laughs> okay. All right. I well, mean, you know, so, the, uh, the way it goes every year is that uh, there should be five. And then, of course, we'll have the senior candidate, the uh, coaching candidate, and the uh, contributor. So, you know, there'll be eight likely to be announced, but, uh, you know, I can't say for sure if it is going to be the five or not. Because, again, they, you know, they have to have 80% support in votes to be able to do that, you know, once you get down into that final five. Well, I'm sure everyone that was elected was was quite worthy, and uh, that's what I wanted to know. And so, so thank you Thanks for your time, Brett. Okay, Nathan. Hey, thank you so much. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Steve in Skyway. Hey, Steve. Steve. Steve! Let's go to Chris in Lakewood. Hey, Chris. Hey, good morning, John. Good morning. Um, I wanted to talk about the Seahawks eventually, but first um, I wanted to know what you thought about uh, that last play – not the last play, but how the Rams got down the field. When they blitzed on, I think it was second down, they sent a corner blitz. Mm-hmm. And then they put uh, Cooper Cup one-on-one with a safety. Like, yeah. What do you think the, what do you think that was? Like, what do you think that, like, the thinking was there? I mean, Cooper Cup's been killing it all year. You know, he's basically a, And you're talking about you know, in the Tampa game last there. week, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Rams. Well, I, I, can, I can tell you one well, insight that came from Bruce Arians is that uh, what ended up happening on that play is that, uh, you know, uh, they they called the play, but not everybody uh, got all the word on what the play was supposed to be as far as the defense. Wow. And so because of that, I mean, you had some guys that were completely out of place. So there was a communication problem that caused some of the guys not to be where they were supposed to be, and it allowed Cooper Cup to run downfield just on the open field totally. Now, did you believe that? I yes. Mean, why why, would, that why wouldn't game. I believe that? Because, I mean, you watched what I watched, and something didn't go right. And, you know, you have the head coach admitting somebody on the coaching staff and the players made mistakes. How can you not believe that? I mean, he, he you know, fessed up to it. Uh, maybe maybe it's Arians just falling. I feel like Arians might be falling on the sword for somebody. Because, I, I don't know, quarterback, what down was that? Do you remember? I don't remember. It's like I think the, it was like second down or? Yeah, whatever. But, uh, anyway. But well, yeah, okay. so, the, well, so, so there was there was a there was a communication problem, and not everybody of the eleven defenders uh, knew exactly where they were supposed to be. I just I find that hard to believe in that moment, in that big of a moment, in that big of a game, especially after you've just taken the momentum back and yeah, yeah, you know, it's just it's hard to you know, happens really think that's the case. Yeah, I get it. Um, but I want to talk about the Seahawks. Don't yeah. worry. I'm not going to pester you about because usually we've had these conversations before, yeah. John. 
I don't know if you remember me or not, but I, I blame Sierra for Russell Wilson's downfall. I was just joking, but yeah. I would always tell you about Russell tri- being traded, and we'd always go back and forth. Right. Um, I want to know what you think Rashad Penny's role is in this, because I feel like uh, you know Russell is his his success as a quarterback mm-hmm. is I feel like is personally you know this. I feel like it's uh, directly correlated to how well we do with the rushing game. Agreed. Agreed. And, uh, you know, a, a few a few weeks before the season ended, I think Pete had said something like, we have the essence of what our team or something like that. We have the essence mm-hmm. of you. You remember him saying that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I was like, okay, if, he's, if that's true, if he's real about that, he has to make a move with the defensive coordinator. And, and they did. did. They did. So I, yeah, and now I'm like, okay, maybe he – Maybe he feels like you know. Maybe it's um, we're going back to that running game style. Mm-hmm. it, you know. Uh, and I'm just wondering what you it's think. Gonna, it's going to be. Remember, it's not going to. It's not going to be. You know, is it the uh, old Pete Carroll? Uh, you know, just run, run, run. I mean, because again, I mean, you've got a Rams coach who's over here. Who you know, you know, Sean McVay likes to run the football. But again, it's an updated type of offense that has tempo and everything else. I mean, so it is different. Now, here's the thing that uh, goes with uh, Rashad Penny is that, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what he's going to get in the free agency, but there's only like about seven or eight unrestricted free agent running backs, right? And if you look at the values of where they are, nobody's going to get more than $6 million a year, and that would include him. And I can't guarantee that he's going to get $5 million. So let's say, for example, I mean, it's not like they could be outpriced uh, to keep Rashad Penny. If they want to pay 4 5 5.2, whatever, they can do it. But uh, the top running back, because even last year, uh, Drake you know, went from Arizona to Kenyon Drake to uh, – the Raiders, and he wasn't even a starter, and he got the most free agent money right. for a running back at $5.5 million. Now, I'm not including Corderell Patterson, who plays several different positions. He'll get over nine. But again, all the other running backs, pure running backs, are going to get $6 million or less. Okay. And uh, one last thing I want to ask yeah, go ahead. about. Um, like, how, how um, you remember, like, I don't know, Back in the day, continuity was like a big thing, like with the online, and mm-hmm. you know you wanted online to develop together, and it doesn't doesn't seem like that's it these days. Like, and I and I'm starting to see it in other areas. For instance, what are we on our like third or fourth offensive coordinator? Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people realize that that might have an effect on Russ, and for him to have that many offensive coordinators in so many years. Well, he's only had, I mean, this, a, this, is, this is like the third because he had, you know, Daryl Bevel. I mean, he had Brian Schottenheimer. Right. And, you know, now he, uh-huh. so he's always on his third coordinator. And you think about for a decade, that's pretty low. That's not a lot. Um, for 10 maybe years? Like, maybe not in a decade. In the last couple of years, last couple of seasons where people have been questioning whether or not, you know, whether or not he's still going to be here. He's Nobody's had, like, questioning he, whether like, he's I, I, going to be here. He's going to be here. No, 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 not. <laughs> Jeez. You've never, you've never wavered. You've never wavered, Mister Clayton, and I give you respect for that. You've yeah. never wavered on that. I have. I've gone back and forth on it like several times now. Okay. I'm trying to like make it relatable to myself. Like, can you imagine 
having a bot like have a having a different boss every year and having to do your job a different way every single season. One boss wants it this way, one boss wants it that way, and you just gotta produce. And he's done that. So I just want I just want to know how big is like is continuity still a thing in the NFL? Yes, it doesn't seem like it is. It is, and he, and the yeah. continuity's okay. been there for him in ten years. He's had three coordinators. That's continuity. Then why don't they? Why won't they do that with our own line then? What's that? It doesn't seem like it's. Why won't they do that with our own? They line have the, they have the same offensive line like, coach for the last six years. Not the same players though, John. Well, it's just Clayton, there's not always, the same players. Yeah, there's, there was always yeah. there's always change. I mean, again, it's like free yeah. agency. Uh, you know, guys' contracts run out. Guys get hurt. I mean, they've got to do some okay. rebuilding now with the offensive line and get the continuity going there. But uh, you know, it's like they they traded for Dwayne Brown, right? That that one worked out. They did. That okay. Was, they traded for Gabe Jackson. I, well, that one worked out, didn't it? You know, Brandon Shell unfortunately yeah. had uh, injuries. You know, Ethan Posick's still been here for how long? You know, and they and then they drafted Damian Lewis. All right, John, you win again. Anyway, um, I hope you're feeling better, man. Are I you feel feeling congested at huh? all? Cause no, I, no, no. Was that? No, okay, because I had an anecdote for you. Oh, okay. It involved Vic Vapor up, but it's okay, man. I yeah. hope you're feeling better. Get okay, better, John. thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. We missed him the first time. We get him this time. Let's go to Steve in Skyway. Hey, hey Steve. John, good morning. Thanks for getting me back on. I appreciate it. Okay. Hey, um, first of all, the Seahawks aren't broken. So all this I know. Talk about, Thank all, you. All this talk about that. The, look, here's an analogy for the people out there. The NFL is a high-end motor club. You have beautiful cars. If you have one of the top five or six cars in the motor club, you do not get rid of it because you got a flat tire. Mm-hmm. Great uh, point. Russell, the Russell Wilson situation is very simple. In this country, ownership has its privileges. Jody Allen owns the team. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson owns a no-trade clause. That will work itself out. Pete is not an idiot. Pete is recognizing. Pete is going through amorphosis himself. He's learning to be less dependent on, not necessarily less dependent on the run, but using the run more in conjunction with the passing rules of the day's NFL. Mm-hmm. And what they, what they need to do is you keep Pete for two basic reasons, if nothing else. One, he's one of the best coaches in the NFL for prepping teams, no matter what their physical condition, to play football, whether it be a big game or a regular game. The next thing about Pete, and this is the most important thing, he's very—he's an inspirational guy. Those guys will run through a brick wall for him. It's not just about the money with the, I mean, it is a, the business part. Mm-hmm. It's just not about the money with him. What the Seahawks need to do, in my opinion, is we need to build from the inside out. People up here have no awareness of the division that we reside in. We have two southern teams that play a different style of ball, and we have two northern teams. If you notice, who's in the NFC Championship game this week? 
uh, San Francisco and the Rams. Thank you. Two out, two out of the four teams in our division. Three out of the four teams in our division made the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. And it's not, that's not going to change anytime soon. So what the Seahawks have to do, in my opinion, is build from the inside out. I was watching the replay yesterday of the Rams, last Rams and 49er game. The 49ers have figured out a way to deal with Aaron Donald. That's what we have to do. We have right. to deal with the Aaron Donalds, the Eric Armsteads of the league. And we also have to get defensively, we have to create a defense where we can use the talents of Jamal Adams. And when I say that, I mean we can rush Jamal Adams when we want to, not that we have to. Mm-hmm. And if we do some of these simple things, particularly control the middle of the line of scrimmage and start using the middle of the field again. I've told you this before, John. We've been a victim of our own success. Those defenses in, in, 13, in 12, 13, 14 mm-hmm. created a, a situation where they changed the rules of the game. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we've been slow to adjust to it, but we, we have to adjust to it because if we're going to survive in this division, we're in the toughest division in football, and it's going to be that way for mm-hmm. a while. Agreed. Now, I wanted to ask you about one thing, though. Yeah. Have you ever... Is this might be a renaissance in NFL of the deepest group of good pass catchers we've ever seen? Probably. I, I mean, would, I, I, what is it? I counted up. I mean, what was it? Twenty-six wide receivers had thousand-yard seasons. Wow. Twenty-six. Wow. And so that that is playing into diminishing the, what some people think is the importance of the running game. But no. San Francisco is showing us right now. That's the model. That's the model for us because we can't play ball like the Rams and, and Arizona because we play in different climates. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's all good through the end of October. But when you get into November, December, that's, that's real football. Where that's when you have to run the ball and play defense. Right. And that's, right. that's been the strength of us. And see, here's one thing, because I know I brought it out in an article this week for 710sports.com. Uh, one, one of the callers you know, uh, brought it up. But it's like, okay, first off, uh, the NFC right now is in total transition that benefits Seattle. So if you look at next year's schedule, uh, the Seahawks take on, along with all the other teams in the NFC West, the a- the NFC South. All right, so now if Tom Brady's not there and Dronk- Gronk's not there, uh, yeah, we already know that Sean Payton's not going to be in New Orleans. We know that Matt Rule <clears throat> probably is in his last year <laughs> with Carolina. And then you add to the fact that by finishing fourth, you get the fourth place schedule. Right. So that means they get games against, you know, as, a, as opposed to, you know, uh, you know, what would then be. I think you know, we get Detroit again, don't we? Yeah, you get Detroit, you get the Giants, and you get the Jets. But now they didn't give us any breaks in giving us the AFC West. <laughs> no, that's true. Good point. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. But, but, and I wanted to ask you one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. As a, I think the Seahawks are going to be better next year for two specific reasons, one tangible and one intangible. Uh-huh. The tangible one is the Seahawks, we're, we don't roll like that. We're not used to yeah. having a five and lift. So those guys are going to work harder. They're going to be bigger, stronger, and faster. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, and I wanted to ask you specifically because you were on the sideline for some of these games, yeah. the intangible thing is going to be the determination and the inspiration the players are going to get from teams coming in into Seattle in particular and yeah. disrespecting us. You you right. are on the sideline. You've seen some of that. Stuff. Oh yeah, no doubt. And and that's and Pete is going to take that and we'll be back in the playoffs next year. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then I mean think about this, you know, going back to the schedule, uh, San Francisco, you know, they they only won what seven games last year. 
not in in 2020, seven games, and so they got the fourth place schedule and they made the playoffs. Right. Philadelphia uh, had the easiest schedule in football uh, with a four, with a fourth place schedule and they made the playoffs. And watch what the Rams' schedule looks like next year. Yeah, I know. And so it's like uh, you know, so no, there's no doubt right now that Seattle has a big edge, and you know they've got to add the talent. Take advantage of it, and they have Pete Carroll. Great. Hey, Steve, great call. Good. Thank you. All right, let's go to Dan in Queen Anne. Hey, Dan. Good morning, John. Good morning. Um, I, your show has just been fascinating the last two weeks. Oh, and, thank you. Uh, it just, I know you have struggled through today and last Saturday, and uh, but it has brought out the best in your callers and the best in you, and so thank you for for muddling through. Well, I appreciate um, that. Yeah, because I feel um, I, I I can't tell you how bad I feel. I am really sick. It sounds horrible. I I I I I, I can't imagine. So um, a little bit about the the, the two conference championships. Yeah. Um, I think that the favorite teams both have the the games in their hands if they play the way. I see they need to mm-hmm. in, in the AFC championship game. I believe that if, if the front four of the chiefs, so Jaron Reed, yeah. Chris Jones, uh, Melvin Ingram and Frank Clark can do their job. Right. Right. Which is pressure is very important, but um, also be solid in the run. Yeah. Um, without blitzing. Mm-hmm. Burrow has actually been spectacular against the blitz. Right. Agreed. And, and uh, so if they can do that, if they can do their job, be the four guys that put a little pressure on and make sure they hold their gaps uh, in the run game, mm-hmm. Burrow and, and the Cincinnati offense won't be able to keep up with Kansas City's offense. Okay. And, and it, the, it, I really think Kansas City's offense, everybody sees it as this wild passing game offense, blah, 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 because they have such spectacular speedsters and, and, and great run-after-the-catch players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is back, and McKinnon filled in for him admirably while he was out at the very end of his his, his uh, injury term. And, and the two of them together have been solid in the run game. Mm-hmm. And they provide that weird option of, wait, we've got to cover somebody running the ball with Patrick Mahomes having the ball in his hands and making the decision on you know a run-pass option football strategy, football scheme. Right. So uh, I don't put a lot of credence in what the Bengals can do if the Chiefs defensive line can do their job. When it comes to the Rams, and and I'd really love to hear what you think about the Rams situation, um, I think it's really simple. And whether they can do it or not may not be simple, but I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo can win the game with his arm. No, agreed. And and, and Particularly particularly with a shoulder injury and a finger injury. Yeah, yeah. well, and even in in a warmer weather stadium... and, and I think both of the, the favorite teams mm-hmm. definitely have the want to get payback right. going on, right? Because the, the Bengals beat the Chiefs the last time they were kind of manhandled in their own stadium, uh-huh. right? And uh, and obviously the Rams have struggled <laughs> against the Niners for the last six matches. Yeah, six games. So, uh, but I, I really think that game is 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 not winnable by Garoppolo on his arm, and and so mm-hmm. the Rams just have to stop the run and and. You know they're going to have to cover Debo no matter whether he's a pass catcher or 
a running back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so it, it, it seems like a fairly simple formula. What's your take on that? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you 100%. I mean, uh, you know, because, again, I mean, you can see the strength. And you know, right now, Jimmy Garoppolo of the four quarterbacks in the uh, championship game is the weakest of the four quarterbacks, and he's not healthy. So, yeah. you know, and when you look at uh, Stafford, I mean, Stafford's had some injuries, too, uh, has made some mistakes, particularly with the interceptions and everything else. But again, if you blitz him, he'll destroy you. So, yeah. yeah and, and, you know, uh, so I, I and of course, you know, the big thing for the Rams is that they got Aaron Donald and they got all those good guys on defense. And that causes a problem for the 49ers. So, no, I think yeah. that. I mean, again, I'm not making any prediction, but again, I think that, uh, you know, your read on that for the two teams are pretty good. Hey, thank you for the phone call. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN, John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.